Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie, and I am your host. And uh, man, I have done this way more. I've had to start over a lot tonight. Started over an hour ago, and uh, it is now 10.09, and I am not even close to finishing because I keep messing up. (sighs) So let's start the show. If I could ask a favor before we start the show, um, I'm really happy with where the show is. I'm happy with downloads. I'm happy with growth. Everything's going uh, nice. I'm most of the time I'm happy with the content and how I present it. Uh, last week was an exception, but what I would really like is some more reviews. So I would be thrilled if I can get ten more reviews on iTunes. So if you have three minutes and you don't mind, go to iTunes and leave an honest review. I would really appreciate it. All right, and enough of the the begging on that side of things. Um, we have a new listener to Kilowatt. He's about five days old. Uh, he's pretty amazing from what I understand. And I want to say congratulations to mom and dad because uh, whether it's your first baby or 20th baby, babies are amazing. Uh, they're just a little ball of, of soft, fleshy love. And uh, they're pretty amazing. So congratulations, mom and dad, on a new baby. Moving on, we also have a new Patreon supporter. And uh, his name is Leon. And we've he's, he's supporting at the $5 level. And everybody in the Slack, in the Patreon Slack, uh, get ready. Because Leon is a very smart dude. And I think is going to raise the game in the Patreon Slack. I'm looking forward to it. So welcome, Leon. We have now nine Patreon supporters. We need one more, and then I'm giving away a brand new Tesla desk charger for your phone. It looks like a supercharger. It'll charge a iPhone or an Android phone. And normally, you have a 1 in 10 chance of winning that. But Sierra is my kid, so I'm not going to give her one because I'll just buy her one if she wants one. So you folks have a one in nine chance of winning this uh, overpriced $45 novelty charger that will sit on your desk that I might buy one for myself too. I mean, granted, I get that it's overpriced and I get that it's silly, but it's also really cool. So that is my plan. 
So if you want to support the show, go to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt. And thank you again, Leon, for supporting the show and welcome uh, to the Patreon. Moving along. Uh, the videos that I mentioned last week, I don't think I put those in the show notes. So I'm going to put them in this week's show notes. Uh, there's also a new video of Cookie Monster trying to steal cookies from a Model 3 while Sentry Mode is on. It's okay, but I put it in there anyway because it made the news. Now, let's start with the news. The real news. Fred Lambert of Electric. So VW, they wanted to build a Gigafactory, and they wanted to partner with SK Innovations for their EVs. Obviously, this makes sense. They're going to be building a ton of cars that are electric cars, so they need batteries. Well, their current battery partner, LG Chem, is not a fan of that plant. They are, th- well, they, they are not that they are. They threatened to reduce VW's battery cells by reduce, I mean, reduce selling them less. And uh, that effectively was enough to kill the plan of the Gigafactory, the VW Gigafactory. Now, I think VW said something like the in. Once they're fully all electric, they're going to need something like 40 gigafactories. I don't know if that's true, but that's that's a rumor that I heard, or that's something that I heard somewhere. It sticks in my brain. I didn't do the fact check on that, but I know that it's there somewhere. Um, so what are they going to do? I mean, LG Chem is selling to other companies. If something happens with LG Chem, Volkswagen's not going to have... a one of their suppliers for battery cells. So I do think it's a great idea for them to have a Gigafactory. On the other side, I completely understand that LG Kim's like protecting their interest and they're going to they're going to, you know, push their weight around a little bit. And if the shoe was on the other foot and VW needed to push their weight around with LG Kim, they would absolutely do it. So this is just business, uh, but it's kind of an interesting story. Now, this next story is from Clean Technica, and this is Jose Pontes. I hope I said that right. Uh, top 10 selling electric vehicles. This said in 2019 in the article, but really doesn't matter. These are some very popular cars. Most of these are Chinese. Um, ha Tai, I hope I'm saying that right. 80,000 cars. They've sold just 50,000 in 2018. JAC. 85,000 cars, also Chinese company. JMC, 90,000 cars. Uh, Chiri, 95,000 cars. Hyundai, 100. I would have thought Hyundai was higher than that. 1,000. Renault's 120,000. Nissan's 150,000. BAIC is somewhere between 220 and 250,000, which I believe is also a Chinese company. And then Tesla is between 450 and 500,000. Um, but yeah, just kind of interesting. I'm going to have to do a little bit more research on the BAIC company cause, and, uh, and Renault cause, uh, I, I really talk, I will first, I'd never heard of BAIC and I rarely talk about Renault if ever. So I'm going to have to do a little research on what they're doing. Uh, next up, Jameson Dow of electric Rivian filed a paid, a patent that would re- that would add a removable auxiliary battery for the RI1T pickup. So basically, this is going to be like a, a gas can. So the gas, uh, when I was a kid, 
everybody that had a pickup truck had a five gallon metal because I'm that old gas can strapped somewhere to the back of their truck, just in case they ran out of fuel. Keep in mind, I grew up in a really rural area. The, the area that I grew up in was bigger than the size of Rhode Island. And there was only 5,000 people there. So, you know, it's pretty remote in terms of, uh, remote areas go. That was the fire service area. I don't know if that's fair to say about the actual area I grew up in, but whatever, that's what they say. Um, so basically this removable battery would be like that gas can strapped to the back of the pickup truck. It just gives you some extra miles. And if it's a point where you need it charged, you could just pull that removable battery, go charge it somewhere, put it back in and you're good to go until you can get to a charging station, which I think is a really good idea. And even the company CEO, RJ Scaringe, Scaringe, eh, I'm terrible with names. He called it a digital jerry can, which is a gas can, just a different name. But uh, this company is doing so many cool things. They just, the, the, the level of thought and care that they've put into their vehicles is amazing. Coming, you know, on the R1T, you have the tunnel that you can put things in that's just underneath the bed behind the cab. That's pretty amazing. But you can also stand on the doors for the tunnel so you can load things into the back of the truck easier. Uh, there's headlights or there's flashlights in the armrest, that kind of thing. The, uh, when you're charging the truck, the LED lights will go from red to green when the truck's charged. These little details in this auxiliary battery, that's what's making Rivian exciting. Like they are putting so much thought into this that it's going to end up being, when they release the truck, it's going to be a um, a really special experience. It's going to be a car that somebody put a lot of love into. I'm really excited. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing a released product, a, a released uh, their, their final product, I guess I should say. So let's talk about popular mechanics, not talk about them. Let's talk about an article that popular mechanics did Matthew Janser. So airbags on the inside of the car. Good thing. What do you think about airbags on the outside of a car? So, uh, most of us know that airbags are a big safety, um, uh, device on the inside of the vehicle. So how would they be on the outside? What what would that look like? Well, company ZF Friedrich Schaffen AG, I'll just call them ZF because I don't want to sound dumb anymore than I already have. They're ready to release external airbags to any automaker willing to fork out the dough and implement the technology. Now, ZF has built this technology, the sensors, the cameras, the LiDAR, the computer, all this whole package. They have this entire package that they've built to recognize a vehicle, right? So they say you're going through an intersection, somebody's going to T-bone you. It recognizes that, oh, this is a X vehicle, medium sized sedan or whatever, um, it's going to hit us for sure. It's going to hit us. So we're going to deploy the airbags. It takes about a hundred milliseconds for those airbags to deploy. The airbags sit, it's on the, on the side of the vehicle underneath the doors 
underneath the vehicle. So it's not like it's it's sitting the way that it was described in the article. It's not sitting. It's not deploying from underneath the door itself. It's underneath the body of the door. So it's set back a little bit. So it's kind of like deploying out and up. Oops, sorry. Talking with my hands and hit the mic. And it runs the full length of the door. So if it's a four-door car, it runs the full length. If it's a two-door car, obviously, it runs the length of the front door. Um, let's see here. The airbags deploy to a height that is designed to meet the impact of a typical front bumper, which that makes sense. Um, according to the company, this disperses the force of impact, and that makes sense. So if you're getting T-boned, like you don't always get T-boned directly in the middle of the car. It may be that you get the front door and the front quarter panel, and that's enough to, to call it a T-bone. Well, when this deploys, instead of hitting that front door and the front quarter panel, and that's where the force ends up going, right into the passenger compartment and into the engine compartment, that force is spread alongside the car. So hopefully that reduces intrusion. Intrusion is how much the car um, bends, how much of the car moves into the passenger compartment. Not the, the car that hits you so much as the the car you're riding in. So um, it reduces intrusion by 30%. It reduces injury by 20 to 30%. So I think that's pretty amazing. One second, I got a cough. Sorry, I think that's pretty amazing. Um, so will companies buy them? And I say maybe. I hope so. It sounds like a really cool idea. Uh, I can see. So electric vehicles are A, known for being safe. At least for right now they are. They are known to have new technology in them. And I think that companies who are building electric vehicles, automakers would, it would really behoove them if this actually works. And of course, testing is going to have to be done. It would behoove them to put that in there because they are selling a car that's at a premium based on safety. So, and then also it's good for the environment and it costs less to operate and all that stuff. But really it's the safety features like the model three has got a really high safety, the S X, so why not um, why not continue that? Um, oh, I'm going to tell you a really quick story, um, if you don't mind. About a long time ago, it might have been 15 years ago, I was working at a completely different fire department in a completely different state. Uh, we had a gentleman that was T-boned, right? He was in the passenger side. It was The T-bone was in a small pickup truck. He, two doors, not four, um, he all of the impact was in this gentleman's door pretty much. And the driver went to the hospital. Problem was, is the passenger was stuck and we had to wait because it was a very busy day. And this was kind of a remote fire department. We had to wait probably 20 minutes ish for a truck to get there that could extricate the, the patient because we didn't have extrication tools on an ambulance. So we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting at first, the patient is like, hey, I'm fine. I'm just trapped. Okay, cool. And then once they get there, by the time the rescue gets there to, uh, or the heavy rescue, whatever you want to call it, depending on which system you work in, but by the time they get there to pop the door and get the patient out, 
um, the patient's starting to decompensate. And by the time we get him into the, that means he's going downhill. By the time we get him into the ambulance, he's really starting to decompensate. And I'm pretty sure he lived, but I don't know exactly what, how the whole thing ended up. Because once we got to the hospital, we went straight to the roof and he got flown to a trauma center. Um, so T-bones are no joke. Like they are, um, anything that you can do to reduce that is, is great. Um, we don't want fathers or grandfathers or moms, dads, kids or whatever. We don't want anybody going, um, getting in an accident and, and then not being around for their family anymore. So I'm all for extra safety if it works. And that's the question. So the next up after that really sad and morbid story, this is Phil Deziki from Electric. Lucid Motors may build, uh, or excuse me, they are go- they may announce an electric SUV this year, and it's going to be based on the Lucid Air platform, allegedly. But I say, let's not get ahead of ourselves, Lucid Motors. I think everybody that I've met that's over there is very, very nice. And, and they were very kind to me. So I have nothing bad to say about the, the folks at Lucid Motors. However, let's build your factory and let's get some cars out. Once you get some cars out, let's make, let's, let's, let's make an announcement. Um, learn from Ruvian. Ruvian did a great job. Uh, Lucid Motors, I see their name pop up, uh, probably it's almost once a week, but it's a probably, let's say three times a month in news articles. And as always, you know, not always, it's usually about something that has to do with design or whatever, but really lucid, just build your car and get it out there. Cause I'm excited and I want people to see it and I want people to get excited for it. But I also want you guys to stick around as a company and, uh, you know, it's not worry about the SUV. Don't announce anything. Just build your car. Moving on. And my never to be humble opinion. Uh, Fred Lambert, Tesla hosted uh, hundreds of students at a um, event for girls to introduce them to engineering. Now, I had a whole bunch written down here, but effectively that's what it is. And I think this is great. My kids love science. My kids, you know, they're pretty uh, decent with math, but my wife is, is very much into science and she, I'm, I'm, I'm not a science person. I I think it's interesting, but I, I don't have the nuts and bolts in my head to make those things work, but my wife does. And she teaches that stuff to my kids and my kids eat it up. And I think everybody should be at least exposed. I don't think it should be forced on you but at least exposed to this kind of stuff. And uh, I think Tesla did a good thing here with the the girl, introduce a girl to engineering day, which is a terrible name. But I have a little flip side to that. Um, when I was a kid, I wanted to go to space camp so bad. And a lot of it had to do with the movie Space Camp, if I'm being honest. But I thought uh, that going to space camp would be amazing. I thought that being an astronaut would be pretty amazing. So I wanted to go. Never got a chance to go, mostly because it wasn't in my family's budget. The other part was I grew up in Alaska, space camps in like Alabama. My parents are going to put me on a plane from Alaska to Alabama and just be like, okay, have fun. Call us when you get there. 
they just weren't that kind of parents to do that. Not that it's bad that parents who do that, but my parents weren't going to do it. So I was, you know, bummed. And to this day, I'd really like to go to space camp. Well, this week I found out that, that the space camp in, I think it's Huntsville, Alabama, they have family space camp. So you can bring your family and you could go down and you can learn and do, um, do experiments and, and little projects and fly the simulators and all that fun stuff. And they also have flight camp, which is in a different three days. But what an amazing experience. I think that uh, it's not cheap, but I think that it's a, if you can get yourself there and you can get your family there and you have a child interested in that kind of thing and likes to do experiments. Uh, my son is constantly telling me he's a little bit of a scientist. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to, I'm sure as heck going to encourage that. And space camp. What a, what a great thing family space camp three days in huntsville alabama um i think that's worth it we may do it as a family but we'll see moving along simon alvarez consumer reports removes model 3's recommendation rating because of i'm going to use air quotes here reliability issues according to consumer reports the problem it mostly lies with fit and finish um problems with the model three also they've cited paint i don't know how that's a reliability issue i mean tesla can improve on some things for sure but that's not really a reliability paint that's not reliability tesla just fixes it um everyone i've interacted with that has a model three they love their car and most say it's the best vehicle they've ever owned and when it comes to small issues Tesla seems to be really good at taking care of them. I'm not really sure what Consumer Reports is up to. I'm not saying anything like nefarious or um, anything like that. But it's just like that. Come on, you're gonna you're gonna say paint. And one of the other things was they said the 15 inch screen. There were some problems with the locking up and some cracks in the windshield or the back window. I think it was and the bezel on the Model Three. But these are very basic things. Even Consumer Reports, like a couple of weeks ago, maybe it might have been last week, they talked about um, how the Model 3 was the best-reviewed uh, car by their members, by the people who pay to be members of Consumer Reports. So, I don't know. I only threw it in there because it did make the news, and I know other folks are going to talk about it, but I don't. I honestly don't think that's that big of a deal. Um, Elon was on a podcast called Innovation Arc investment podcast uh, for your FYI, for your innovation, excuse me, by ARK Investment or ARK Invest. And it's a podcast that's mostly has to do with investing and they throw out a bunch of terms that I didn't completely understand. But here are the takeaways. Um, to Elon believes in terms of autonomous software that they're going to have feature-complete, full self-driving this year. That means a car will find you in the parking lot and take you to your destination with minimal or no interaction on your part. Elon did say that intervention um, when autopilot is going is needed in the last 10% of uh, uh, you know operating an autopilot, basically saying it's not perfect. You're going to need to help it out a little bit. 
uh, we need regulators to approve it. And he's actually pretty positive on most uh, countries and the regulators, uh, what they're working with on uh he said most of them are pretty great. Europe is a little bit slow, but other than that, he had nothing but positive things to say. Uh, Tesla has data on interventions and just kind of weird, bizarre, like there's a hole in the road and there's no cones around it kind of data. And they take that and they feed it back into the autonomous driving software hive mind. And it makes the, the props, the program better. Uh, Tesla, he did say also that Tesla's opening, open to licensing their self-driving technology, um, as long as it doesn't slow down Tesla. And he said automakers don't want to buy the whole system. They want to buy bits and pieces and make changes so that it works for what they want to do. And Elon said that's not practical for them, which makes sense. Uh, next up, Fred Lambert from Electric. It looks like Tesla's going to do a leasing program for the Model 3. Tesla allegedly sent out an email to retail employees that outlined the program. Electric contacted Tesla, and Tesla responded saying they are planning a leasing program, but they don't have any specific dates yet. Um, but it could be as early as next week, based on that email. Inside EV, Stephen Loveday. The Model Y may be revealed on April 16th, 2019 according to chinese sources so i don't know if we mentioned this or not last week but we've heard some rumors that tesla's already tooling up the model y line at the gigafactory one in sparks nevada um and these chinese sources said there'll be some sort of tesla semi reveal event at the before the end of the year and i'm wondering is that tesla semi or tesla pickup um because you know uh, these are written in Chinese and uh, translated to English. It's not always uh, translated correctly uh, just because the two things might mean the same thing. And I don't speak Chinese, so I don't have um, a very smart or intelligent way to put that other than there just could be a mistranslation somewhere. Um, and Tesla plans to update their product lines in 2020 after the Model Y is released, and this is all rumor. But, you know, probably somewhat accurate. Um, and then, finally, we're going to go do some follow-up. So we have a listener named John, and I was talking about, um, I just kind of mentioned offhand, I was talking to somebody, and they said that Ford had an electric truck, um, F-150, that they drove around the plant, and I don't know if it's true or not, but he had some knowledge and we had this conversation and John sent an email and said uh, a couple weeks ago that VW had a vehicle that had great uh, gas mileage, fuel mileage, but U.S. automakers wouldn't let them import, import it. And I don't know if this is true. It's more than likely a rumor. However, uh, John did follow up and he provided an article and I put that in the show notes. Um, but I'm going to just kind of go down. Uh, we're going to, we're going to go back to April 16th, 2014, because I think this is kind of a, a neat way to go back and just look and see what came before all this stuff. Um, where we are now. Um, let's see here. This is from oilprice.com John Daly. So 
Just so you know, we're pretending that it's April 16th, 2014. The Qatar Motor Show in uh, Afghanistan, I'm assuming that's where Qatar is, right? Showed off their XL1 prototype. VW showed off their XL1 prototype at the this show. The XL1 uh, program was started in 1998. According to the article, it's got a one liter fuel tank. It's a diesel hybrid, so it's got an 800cc two-cylinder turbo diesel coupled with an electric motor powered by lithium batteries. So the electric motor um, has 22 miles of range. It can be charged with a domestic plug. The whole car has a 340-mile range, although if you're only going back and forth less than 22 miles, you're running off of that electricity. Um. 0 to 16 in 11.9 seconds. I'm not sure that was impressive even for 2014 standards. But here's some interesting things here. It emits 24 grams per kilometer of CO2. Now, according to lightfoot.co.uk, the average car in 2007 emitted 158.7 grams per kilometer of CO2. And according to ec.europa.eu, um, in 2017, the average car emitted 118.5 CO2, uh, excuse me, grams of CO2 per kilometer. So obviously this car was running, uh, pretty efficient at 24, even though it was a hybrid. The car itself weighed 1,752 pounds, and just to give you an idea, a 2014 Prius weighs 3,042 pounds. So pretty interesting technology that went into this car. At the time of this article, the time the article was written, only 250 were made. They were looking at a sales price of 600, or excuse me, $60,000 US. Um, but I thought this was a nice little bit of history and perspective. Now, obviously, this was before, not long before, but before uh, Tesla got hit with Dieselgate. So, um, I don't know, just a little piece of history. And um, that's it. That's the whole show. If you want to email me, you can email me, Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital.com. And uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I don't really do much with Twitter, but it's at 918 digital. And that's it. I hope everybody has a wonderful week. Uh, And uh, yeah, that's it. You know what? I have a real problem with saying goodbye on this show. I have so much fun doing it. And I'm so awkward at saying goodbye. Goodbye.